Hello everyone, welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as always, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us, yes, video stores still exist. And guys, before we go any further, I do sound a bit under the weather, but I did take a COVID test, and I am completely negative. Um, it was a reaction of allergies from helping move things from Hurricane Ida, so if you hear me sniffling or coughing... It is not COVID related. I got a negative COVID test. Just wanted to get that out of the way to let you guys know. And of course, the person clapping with a disembodied hands. Oh, wait, now he's full forming now. Is of course the illustrious. I have morphed into my final form. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Hi. The illustrious but maestro himself. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another podcast that mostly talks about movies, sometimes cinema adjacent things, you know, yep. like video games and TV shows and basically whatever the hell excites us because we're a bunch of nerds with a microphone. It's what we do. Um, Listen to us! Admiral, I'm glad you're okay. I was a little bit worried for a second, but once you said what you were doing, I knew exactly what it was, because both of us being New Orleans natives, neither of us are strangers to cleaning up the aftermath of storm damage, uh, whether that be very mild damage of just cleaning out a refrigerator, which by itself, you know, isn't fun, but there are good ways to do it, um... Or cleaning up a whole fucking house that's literally moved a whole block. Uh, that's that's a thing that happened years ago, and it unfortunately happened again. And uh, all we can say is to everyone who lost a little or lost a lot in Ida, our hearts are with you. We love y'all. Uh, not just New Orleans, but the entire fucking south, uh, the entire Gulf Coast. Also. Uh, and New York and New Jersey, yeah. that whole eastern seaboard that got just fucked torrential downpour because of god damn oh hey it's okay you know what that means it's okay climate change isn't real though i i can't stand a lot of the the media narrative that uh oh new york is getting special treatment new jersey is getting special treatment because like yeah okay there is something to the point of last year when lake charles got fucked by laura no one did anything about it. And that's absolutely right. We should absolutely be focusing more efforts on hurricane damage no matter where it's at. And our friends in Lake Charles and Lafayette and all over the Gulf Coast need help still. Uh, and if you're out there, reach out to the proper sources. We've been trying to put those sources on the Cinema Gems Twitter page as much as we can. Uh, if you need help, absolutely call the right people. Get help. Call FEMA. They're giving out money. Um, that being said, we got a movie to get into, and I didn't understand why you wanted to get into this movie until about five minutes in. That's all it took was five minutes? All it took was five minutes in. I don't know if you intended this, but this, this ended up being strangely relevant to the aftermath of Ida. I can understand that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm going for? Um, so we are doing um, 1996 original distribution of Mr. Wind, Toad's Wild Ride, Wind in the Willows, aka The Wind in the Willows, because it is based off of the 1908 Kenneth Graham novel. Uh, and when I, when I say based off of, I followed the Wikipedia page, the summary for that novel, while watching this movie, 
And it is beat for beat, chapter by chapter, a verbatim interpretation. Yeah. Like, they took almost every word of this text as literal as possible. And so, so you're, you're going to watch this movie and be like, why are there so many furries? Why are there so many people dressed up in weird animal makeup with whiskers and shit? And it's because they did this just like everything the BBC and Monty Python ever did on a shoestring budget. But again, just like BBC and, the Mon and Monty Python, they used a shoestring budget to its full extent. They didn't waste that budget on shit that didn't matter. The special effects were all practical effects. Except oh, yeah. for a few small instances that still worked. Um, let's get into this. It starts with... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we go any further, we should got? specify... We should specify that this is a Walt Disney produced... Yes. Monty Python written. Yes. BBC, um, I guess you would say... Distributed? Yeah. Uh, of... And a musical. Yeah. Of Wind in the Willows slash Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yes. And the reason they called it Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is because they... Because was... of the ride in Disney World and Disneyland. Yes. So... That had just been established. Correct. And from what... GLaDOS was telling me um, that uh, originally it was released in the UK in 1996. Yes. Limited release for North America in 1997. Yes. Yes. Very limited release. Yes. And then it was released on, it was released regularly in 1998 and then in uh, on VHS and on DVD in 2004, they changed the name from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I'm sorry, from One in the Willows to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So, they didn't have to pay anybody. But before we get into really breaking down this movie, I, I want to categorize it so no one really misjudges this movie uh, and takes it out of context. This is this This fits in that very unique niche of 80s to 90s weird and very intelligent kids movie. Yep. This is this is a movie that's meant for children, but it doesn't talk down to the children very much. No. It's definitely meant for children. It's very lighthearted. Every character in this is very kind, and every character in this is clearly trying to be a role model, an obvious role model of what to be, or in the case of the weasels, an obvious role model of what not to be. Uh, this is clearly meant for kids, but it is a smart and genuine and authentic kids movie at least i think uh i would have loved to have watched this as a kid if mama maestro and uh but maestro senior weren't very restrictive about what they let me watch in terms of weird shit why they let me watch the beatles yellow submarine when i was a kid and never let me watch this i will never know but so i finally watched this for the first time and i'm just sitting here thinking like I would have loved this as a kid. I would have absolutely adored this shit. See, uh, when I was younger, my grandmother, uh, I would watch Monty Python at her house on BBC. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, on PBS. Yeah. And she found out that this movie was kind of done by them. Yeah. So she was like, here, check it out. Oh my God. Yeah. The weasels used to scare the hell out of me as a yeah. kid. Yeah. 
They scared the heck out of me last night when I watched this. Because they're basically Nazis. Uh, they're, they're a bunch of bad things rolled yeah. into one. Um, and they're, they're very obvious, they're very clear uh, bad guys. Um, but we're, get, we're, we're getting, off tar- uh, getting off target. This movie starts out as uh, Steve Coogan. Excuse me, I'm going to put my phone on silent. Uh, Steve Coogan fucking, uh, who I know him from, uh, around the world in 80 days. That, that, and also Hot Fuzz. Thank you. You want me to get the Chief Inspector? Kenneth! Yeah. Um, young, uh, Steve Coogan as Mole in his underground home, uh, as it is being fucking destroyed. And it took, took I was gonna say, I would, I would have chose the word decimated. Destroyed, decimated, just, poof. and uh, maybe this is just me projecting, but with Ida still fresh on my mind, um, that that struck quite literally close to home for me. Um, so I guess maybe slight trigger warning for uh, for for any recent natural disaster victims. Uh, this kids movie might hit close to home, accidentally, um, but moles. Home is being fucking destroyed by weasels. Uh, he goes to meet uh, Rat, Eric Idle. Um, and they want to go on just, a picnic ride. Who's just having a time on the river. He, he's, he's a simple old man who just loves boating on the river. It's his favorite thing in the world. With uh, his giant anthropomorphic rat tail. And his, his whiskers that... The CGI? I, I kind of love that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure that's CGI. I think that's stop motion. No, no, no. I'll get that. I'll get that when they when they scringe up. The yeah. first point is is practical. But from then on out, that's mm. CGI until he fixes them. Okay. That's I don't know why. I, I, I just assumed that all of the special effects in this were at least to some extent practical. But maybe enhanced by CGI. Um... They go down the river to meet Toad. To go to Toad Hall? Because... Toad Hall, because Mr. Toad owns the plot of land. The meadow. That, well, owned the plot of land. The meadow that Mole's uh, whole home was under. Uh, turns out, he's been spending all of his money on var- various gadgets and fads and shit. Gizmos? He's, he's an addict. He is a, he is a fucking addict. He, he is... is addicted to spending as much money as possible on the newest and greatest gadgets and having cooler shit than everyone around him. You know what he is? He's uncomfortably similar to a lot of people we know, unfortunately. He's a trust fund baby. He's a trust fund baby, 100%. He's a trust fund baby, and he's addicted to the feeling of being better His vices need to be fulfilled with whatever he feels comfortable with. I, I, I get the point of Toad in this movie, but, Who is played by Terry Jones, the director? Yeah, played amazingly by Terry Jones. I he's one of my favorite Monty Python actors. In fact, all of my favorite Monty Python actors. Mine, uh, unfortunately, does not show up in this one. Terry Gilliam. Yeah, same. Um, but oh my god. <laughs> Which, by the way, before we go any further, do you want to talk about what Glados told us about how he? ran over to Times Square you, you to go, go into, into this food. You go ahead and get into that. So somebody told him that, because uh, he was he was supposed to be in it. He was supposed to be the voice of the river. Yeah. That's what he was supposed to be. Yeah. But somebody told him that this was playing at the Times Square Theater. 
So he went to it. Coming to find out, he was playing at one of those seedy porno theaters. Oh my god. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have to say. I mean, it makes sense for a, a BBC-produced Monty Python-ish movie being released in the States. Of course, it's not going to get wide exposure until years and years later. Um, but uh, before we move on, I just have to point out, every actor in this movie is bringing it. A hundred percent. There's no phoned they're, in. There's no phoned in. They're all hamming it up. They're all just having a time. Eric Idle is just having such a fun time as this rat. And Terry Jones is just having a time as this toad who is just above everything else. And, ooh, an automobile! Uh, it has to have everything. So when... So after they get to Toad Hall... Yes. And they start talking to Toad... Toad has a quote unquote a caravan yes for uh, mole because his homes got destroyed yeah he's like here take this mobile home he's uh, FEMA <laughs> yeah so then they go oh on. your home got destroyed have a trailer so they go on don't a ask ride. me if it works right oh god so they go on a ride uh, and an automobile basically turns the caravan over and that's when Toad decides to get into that automobile that I was thrown at this point because the editing was... I, I didn't... You didn't know if it was an imagination or not? Or if it really happened and they just skipped several steps to he's just in a car now. They're just all... They, they went from being on the side of the road and everything kind of happening in what feels like re- real time to... No, they're just in a car now. Do you want to talk about Michael Palin as a son? I don't know what more there is to say about him other than, oh, I'm setting now. <laughs> Good morning. How are I, you doing? Uh, oh, I, they're destroying Toad Hall. And you pointed something out, and I have to agree, that there's no way that the Teletubbies producers saw this and didn't go, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. We're, we're doing Big Baby Sun in the Sky. Because, like, as you said, Michael Palin is just a giant baby in the just sky. Just a big baby in the sky. Because um, when I watched this with Patron, she freaked out at the clock when it said, tea time! Oh, Mole's hole in all those inanimate objects with faces was pure nightmare fuel. Okay. Like, when I say this this fits into that weird niche of 80s, 90s kids movies that are maybe a bit too intense for kids, but are also incredibly intelligent, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's up there with the secret of Nim and Oh, jeez. In terms of, there's a lot of good lessons in what here. What about Watership Down? Uh, yeah, Watership <laughs> Down, too. Fuck. Um, there, there's a lot of shit in here that is pure nightmare fuel. Uh, but so, we, we keep so, going on. So then, so they, they he go crashes. Into the yeah, he crashes. They crash into the wood. Yeah, and so then... They have to go to Badger. Well, before they go to Badger, Mole and Rat and Toad, Toad individually are all talked to by the weasels. And I love Anthony Cher, the chief weasel, the bald guy. Who is he? Let me... I'm, I'm going to look up what else okay. he's been in. So they're singing a song. BBC shit. So like, these are all BBC actors. So they're singing a song about how you don't see weasels until right away. Um, and they're singing to Mole. And yeah. poor Steve Coogan. Prepubescent Steve Coogan. That's what I would call him in yeah. this movie. Because he does not look like Steve Coogan. 
He does not look like this guy has mostly done straight to BBC Shakespeare adaptations. That does not surprise me at this, all. He, he, he is, is a Machiavellian villain. Oh, more than anything, he's been. Uh, he, he was in one of the Richard Donner uh, Superman movies for a bit. He's a character actor. He's a mostly secondary kind of actor, but he's been in a ton of Shakespeare straight to BBC okay. adaptations. He, he's that kind of actor. And this movie is stacked with those kind of actors. You're going to see fucking Theoden from Lord of the Rings later in the movie. Like, if, as a train conductor. Like, not even as anything. No, he's the, he's the locomotive. Like, he's not a train conductor. He drives the train. He's a train conductor. I thought the train conductor were the people on the, on the, the side of the train that was like... No, the conductor is the pilot of the... You know what? If we're wrong, go ahead and send us something at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Yeah. If I'm wrong, send me something at the therobear2010 or cinemagems underscore pod yeah. on Twitter. Um, Tell me I'm wrong. So, the weasels confront them and talk to them about how they how With Mole doesn't have friends. more nightmare fuel. Yeah. Oh, when they... With a whole song chock full of nightmare fuel. When, when they, when they uh, disappear and then mm-hmm. reappear... This, oh my god. It's so much fun. And then they get to my favorite character in the whole movie, uh, Nicole Williamson as Badger. I fucking love Badger. I love this actor playing Badger. This is Cagliostro uh, uh, from Spawn. Yeah. he. Did you know that he when he died? He was Merlin in Excalibur. When he died, he didn't want his death released for a month because he didn't want to... He didn't think he would be a big deal to anybody. Yeah. This this amazing, amazing actor is... I, I think he has unfortunately passed away. He yeah. did pass away in 2011. Yeah, that's what I said. That he he yeah. waited until after a month after he passed in order to reveal... Yeah, he died in the Netherlands. Is amazing, amazing actor who is objectively probably too good for this mo- movie, but still... That's where probably all the all. budget went was to him. I'm sure it did. Like... This actor was absolutely incredible in this role. Do you want to say your favorite line that he says? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and paraphrase. It's later on after they get out of... Uh, it's, so, okay, they meet Badger. They get towed out of the snow. And Badger basically tries to have an intervention with Toad of like, Motherfucker, I knew your dad. Your dad would be fucking ashamed with you if he knew that you were burning all of his money all of your inherited money on cars that you're immediately fucking breaking are you kidding me you self-entitled prick like laying into him without cursing as much as i do because it's a kid's movie um look when i say this is a kid's movie i don't mean the podcast like i hope you're listening to this podcast but not with your kids but then you show your kids the movie so, later so so this is what i feel i feel that What's Badger's real? We're going to say Badger. So Badger was Badger. was reaming Terry Jones for spending Walt Disney's budget. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that wasn't... That wasn't... It wasn't really acting. No. Yeah. He was just really laying into yeah. him. Like, <laughs> he just keeps going, and I'm sure Terry Jones is sitting there, like, scared in character. And then at a certain point, he's like, are, are we... Is this part of the bit? <laughs> no, and then I like how he's like, oh, and there, I would have said anything in there. Yeah, no, he gets him out of the room, and then Toad just 
doubles back, flips around 180 on everything he just apologized for. No, I'm not apologizing. It was a fun time. What? You idiot. You are incapable of learning. You are the most toxic kind of person. Which, leave it up to a BBC movie to establish one of the protags, one of the protagonists of the movie as someone who has the most emotional growth to do. More than any of the antagonists, more than anyone else. Like, he starts off as a, for most of the movie, a bad person. Yeah. He's generous with his money, overly so, and because he's so generous with his money, so self-indulgent with his money, his money isn't going to last very long. I forgot what movie it was. I think it was a Fast and Furious movie where uh, one of the characters was like, uh, hey, can I have a dollar for the vending machine? And another character's like, why you're a millionaire and and he's like yeah i'm not going to spend any of that because that's how you stay a millionaire yeah <laughs> is by not spending it you save so, so this character can learn a thing or two and they get out of badger's home uh and take toad <coughs> in a basket back to toad manor where there is a fleet of new cars sitting there and my favorite line of this movie i'm gonna butcher it i'm gonna paraphrase it is badger telling the car salesman i'll make you a deal if you take away all of these cars and give my friend his money back i will refrain from shoving uh a part or any parts of these cars up your ass <laughs> yeah he says it much more eloquently than i can but it is my favorite fucking line in this movie it's like, yeah, cool, got a deal. So so they leave, and then Toad somehow still gets a car, crashes it, steals it, Grand Theft Auto style. Well, because the Badgers are setting up roadblocks and road hazards and shit in front of his home, so that cars have to drive up. Yeah. So while that, so after that, he gets put in jail, uh, mainly because he called yes. the cop a nincompoop. Yes, oh, the whole judge scene <coughs> with John Cleese as Mr. Toad's lawyer. And Stephen Fry. And Stephen Fry is the judge, which is brilliant. Um, is oh my god, so so fucking. Which fantastic. I thought of. Okay, so remember in the Hobbit movies when mm. he was the mayor of of Town Dale. Yes. Um, you know how he had that wig on. Yes. I just feel like he just had this outfit from Mister Toad's Wild Ride. Hundred percent. And just was like, oh, I have my just outfit. Recycled it. Yeah. yeah. Literally recycled it, as I'm sure most BBC actors do. They probably keep most of their wardrobe and they use the same shit for every other movie. Yeah. They just like they're resourceful. And I love that, like, as you mentioned, John Cleese is like, oh, well, he's a menace to society, blah, 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 let's lock him away. And I love that Stephen Fry's like, wait, aren't you his lawyer? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's why he needs to be locked away. Because the weasels (laughs) basically paid him. Um, I don't know if the weasels paid him. I think he's just being very reasonable in, in pointing out, like, no, he clearly has problems. And then, of course, Badger tries to get up and tries to defend him. And tries to tries to go with the insanity plea, and Toad is just nincompoop, nincompoop. And then I love how he starts off. It's ten to five years. I'm sorry, fifteen to eighteen years. And then I love when it gets to eighteen or nineteen. I love Stephen Fry's like, let's just round up to twenty. Yeah. And then he starts calling everybody a nincompoop. Mm-hmm. So then he gets to thirty, literally 40, dancing 50, over everyone, and then he gets to a hundred years. Um, because all the weasels are, uh, I'm sorry, all the juries are bunnies, except for one is a weasel in now, disguise. off the top of your head, do you know a toad's life expectancy? 
uh, like, like three to five years. How how many of these years in prison would be life in prison three for to, a toad human hybrid? Like three. Oh, you didn't specify toad human hybrid. I'm saying toad human hybrid because that's how they're portrayed. Anthropomorphic toad. Anthropomorphic toad. I would say probably about forty years. Forty. If this is an anthropomorphic toad. Because, like, at a certain point, he didn't have to keep going with 50, 60, 100 years. Like, no, 40 years in prison is life in prison for this creature. Probably less. And then I love that they're like, oh, well, at least you'll get out in 70 years for good behavior. <laughs> um, so, Toad goes to jail, and he meets the the his... I guess he falls in love with the person that... Um, like takes care of him, but she's also uh, she's also from Kipper, uh, the BBC show oh, Kipper yeah, with the yeah, dog, yeah. and she's yeah. also Ginger from yeah. uh, Chicken Run. Yeah, she has she has an aunt. Is that, that is, on Gladys's list? Uh, I don't think so. We gotta put that on Gladys's list. So at some point. So um, yeah. Thank you. Wake up, laptop. So okay. when. She is basically falling in love with Toad. Yeah. Um, or at she, least feigning love with Toad because she knows he has lots of money. That's my theory. That's how I interpret this scene is these are two people with not a lot of money who see a very rich guy who clearly is really stupid with his money. Leaves his checkbook? Leaves his fucking checkbook. Uh, while this is happening and he's putting on an outfit, I love that mo- uh, mode. Uh, mole and rat are basically digging their way into the jail. And I love when Moe goes up, he goes, and I love when he comes back down, Rat's like, what do you see? There's two women in Dressing Toad. <laughs> there, there are two women in there, and they're undressing him. Oh gosh, should we give them privacy? Yeah, no, this scene is, is great. And I know we're going plot point by plot point like we usually do, but if you've ever read the novel as a kid, this probably sounds very familiar. Because like I said... This is beat by beat, verbatim, the original Wind of the Willows novel yeah. by Kenneth Graham. So so while that's happening, uh, basically, Rat when they leave, Rat goes up and goes, We're here to save you, Toad. He's like, Why? I'm about to leave anyway. And so then he gets out. They escape. And they get on a train. Well, are we going to talk about the, uh, the tongue scene? Oh, God, no. Sure, talk about the tongue scene. So I basically, guess. he breaks out. And I love that there's these guards, f- which apparently they look like if the Spanish Inquisition. The Inquisition. And, what a show. Um, the royal guards had children. That's what their outfits look like. Sure. And so they're leading, they're chasing Toad, and they have, is that it? Was that make you laugh really hard? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know why that got me so hard. So while they're running away, uh, while Toad's running away, there's two people bringing up a prisoner, and they run after Toad, but the prisoner that they're they're transporting doesn't have any type of Mm -hmm. things on him, so he just looks around and runs away. Patron loses it at that point. She's like, that's hilarious. Uh So they corner him, and he's like, oh, Ninkapoop, Ninkapoop, Ninkapoop. Yep. Uses his tongue as a toad. Shellacks up the side of the building. Jumps down. Another as one of rat those nightmare fuel moments, and as Rat and Mole come out, and he's like, "Oh hi, how you doing?" <laughs> the alarm goes off, <laughs> and they run away, and they hijack a train. They they catch a train, 
uh, under false pre- I don't. I wouldn't call it hijacking, but they catch a train under false pretenses. They knocked the guy out of the train? Only after they were boarded. Only after they came on and the, and the conductor, you know, played brilliantly by Bernard Hill, fucking Theoden King, uh, or the, the lets them on. Because or the captain thinks, from Titanic. Or the captain from Titanic, you're absolutely right. Which, by the way, with Titanic came out in 97, right? This, yeah. This was a right year. Before. Damn. This was right before. Damn. He was busy. Damn. Right? Damn. You That's it? it. That was it. I had, you I had to get... one more? There you go. All right. <laughs> so I want to get that into a sound bit. <laughs> so basically, he, they go to the thing, and he's like, "Oh, I need my money." Blah blah blah. blah. And so I love how this old guy's like, "I took away, ma'am. I took away." Uh, I just oh, I love Bernard Hill. He's so how, wholesome and fantastic. I love how they go into they try to go to the bathroom, and he's dressed as a woman, and it's the men's bathroom, and he goes, "I can't go in there like this." And I'm like, what? What? I'm saying everything thinking now is not the time to get into that. Nope. I was like, I was like, ah! And moving right along. <laughs> they, along. They go on and the train conductor's like, what are you so upset, madam? And she's like, oh, these men are chasing me. And she's like, and he's like, you're yes, two sons. The men chasing them are literally fucking shooting at them on a moving train. Oh, no. The the best part, the best line that Terry Jones has said, no room for you, you caught fish. And he, like, blows a raspberry at the old man that was behind him. Meanwhile, Bernard Hill, leave it to Theoden King to uh, fucking bring bricks of coal to a gunfight. <laughs> he starts chucking them. Chucking bricks of coal at the guys. Which, when they lost the gun, okay, they lost the gun. I didn't think they had another gun. Yeah. But they have another gun somehow. They detach the train. Uh, oh, and GLaDOS. And Bretton Mole get off onto the non- locomotive side of it to where the locomotive side with just toad is of course careening off the tracks to which i'm i'm thinking please die please die please get critically injured please learn something from this nope his makeup just nope. falls off and he's not green anymore uh, uh but Theoden king um is put into the mail chute on the side of trains glad pointed out mm-hmm. um and i love that when uh rat and uh Rat and Mole are up against the non-locomotive part, mm-hmm. the part that attached. I love that the three guards are like, hands up! They go through a tunnel and get knocked off. Yeah. Uh, and so then Toad is talking to the sun. Like, like I guess he would regularly just talk to the sun in this universe. Lays spread eagle on the road. <coughs> Come to find out the car that came toward him is, of course, the Weasels. So they take him, put him in the car, they go back to Toad Hall, which they're planning to blow up, and also make... Make a slaughterhouse and make a dog food factory. Yeah. That's weirdly, oddly Turn specific. Turn all of the river bankers, ev- everyone who lived in that section, literally just grind them into dog food. Jesus. Wow. It got dark as hell. Though. Jesus. And it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Love the nightmare fuel. Thanks, uh, Terry Jones. Appreciate it. Uh, so, they're in the slaughterhouse, and they they stop. Mole hides because he's scared. Rat goes, finds Badger. They get into 
the Slaughterhouse Incognito. Mm-hmm. They subdue the weasels. Toad presses the automatic button. Mm-hmm. So then everything goes to hell. And my one thing was like, oh, just let Toad use his tongue. Just let Toad use his tongue. No. you. Nope. The person who can't throw for toffee, you get <laughs> to, to chug a wrench. <laughs> that made you laugh? Yes. That was because it was perfectly placed. Like, chuck a wrench. And you're absolutely right. That bothered me too. But he just, perfect slow motion shot. Oh my god. I was like, of course he nails it. Of yep. course. Saves. They go back to Toad Hall while all the weasels are basically trying to subdue each other for power. Yeah, they're all trying to overthrow each other. Yeah. Um, and then the main one, the Shakespearean Machiavellian mm-hmm. character, yep. goes and tries to blow up Toad Hall near the uh and doesn't know that this whole time rat has been fucking with the weasels and switching the bones and bombs bones for bombs switching all the wires and shit just confusing the hell out of the weasels which mwah, brilliant and then i love that when he's like eight seven five four three two one and he he bombs it uh toad's running toward yeah. toad hall and he's like my friends my friends the yep. explosion happens Throws everyone for a loop. They don't know what's going on. Yep. And then it cuts back and you see that Toad Hall is perfectly fine. Yep. But the slaughterhouse... Is gone. Is gone. Yes. And then, um, by the riverbank, uh, one of the children, I think it's a rabbit, wants to hear a song. And everybody's like, no songs! No <laughs> songs! Nah, they let, they let Toad sing again. Except for this one song. And then Toad gets a new type of flying... A new yeah, type he gets a plane. Of, yeah, and then he gets we, a plane because this whole movie is about a rich, spoiled fuck who is incapable of learning anything. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and then we get Love Mike, that. Michael Payne, Michael Palin's last line. Oh, boy, Toad, boy. So that was the Wind in the Willow slash Mister Toad's Wild Ride. Uh nineteen ninety six. That means it's twenty five years old. Here in Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. If you didn't already know, uh, we have a rating system. Whole Gem, amazing movie. Loved it. Half Gem, eh, it's alright. I'll watch it when I'm drunk. No Gem, nah, don't even bother. Uh, we, we No Gems are very rare on here. I feel like most of what we review was somewhere between half and whole. Yeah. Uh, where would you put this movie, Admiral? This is a whole gem. Yeah? This is a whole gem. This is a whole gem movie, mainly because if you love, if you love Monty Python, if you love '90s slash '80s comedy, if you love dry humor, if you love musicals, this movie's right up your alley, for sure. Um, th- this reminded me a lot of things that I loved growing up with, and things that my brother loved growing up with, like Thomas the Tank Engine and Television. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were all produced in the same. You know, singular BBC warehouse studio. Oh yeah, um, right next to Elon Pictures, where they produce all the James Bond movies. Hundred percent. And the uh, Muppet Show and Star Wars and Doctor Who. Yeah. Um. This this reminded me so much of things that I loved as a kid, and I'm upset that I never saw this as a kid because I know I would have loved it. Uh, this is a whole gem, absolutely whole gem. I would. I would absolutely show this if I had nieces or nephews that I ever had the chance to babysit. I would absolutely show them this. We're going to watch this 
but only the parts where we'll give you nightmare fuel. Yeah, I'm going to make a super cut of every movie I grew up with that has nightmare fuel and just a super cut of the nightmare fuel scenes from those movies. The pink elephants from... Oh, God! The fucking savages, savages, barely even here from Pocahontas. The fucking Frollo from Hunchback. Jeez! Every nightmare fuel scene from every movie that scarred me as a kid. We're going to make a kid's movie called... Oops, all nightmare fuel. Where where is it? I want to watch it. I want to watch this. Email How us, long is it gonna be? Email us. It's it's never ending. Oh God! It's you like, got Chernobog at the very end. Is it's like nightmare fuel? It's it's like life itself, never ending nightmare fuel. Jeez. Oh, email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com if you would like a supercut of the never ending nightmare. Do you fuel. say that, and then when somebody says it, you're not gonna do it. <laughs> God damn. Uh, uh, and actually, no. Better yet, uh, cinemagem15 at gmail.com or cinemagems underscore pod. Twitter, uh, tweet or email us with what are your nightmare fuel scenes growing up? What what movies, what scenes from kids' movies uh, do you distinctly remember that make you go, wow, mom and dad, really? You let me watch this and not this other thing that was definitely less crazy? What the fuck? Whenever I was younger, I was I would stare at the sun to make sure Michael Palin's face wasn't in it. Is that why you're... Never mind. Okay. Is that why what? I was going to say, is that why we're both blind? Yeah. But no, we don't look at, directly at eclipses. I was just like... So. I was like... I was like... Hey, four-year-old joke. Oh. <laughs> uh, <coughs> wow. So that was... You just dated it. I mean, absolutely. I have to... Oh, so the 25th anniversary of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride has, has came and gone. But we have a new movie coming out soon uh, that released a trailer for it recently. Yeah. Um, um, I forgot that this was happening. Matrix Resurrections. Resurrections. Slash Matrix 4. So we're, we're doing some trailer talk. Yeah, we're going to go trailer talk. Okay, cool. So, trailer talk. So, Matrix Resurrections. So, I guess that... The opening shot of this with the black cat on the desk immediately reminded me. I, I, I thought of this when I watched the trailer a little less than an hour ago. Uh, the black cat on the desk has to be a reference to the deja vu cat from the first movie. Yeah. When, well, when I mean, he's you seeing don't... the glitch in the Matrix and he sees the cat walk by Meow. and shake. And then looks back and sees that exact same cat Meow. and shake you didn't, and walk by. You didn't notice that... Doogie Hauser, MD, is giving him oh, blue pills. Oh, no magic Harris. 100%. Blue pills. Yeah. Blue pills. Yeah. With blue lenses, blue glasses. Um. So he's I guess think... he's put back into the Matrix well, from the machines. So here, here's what we know about the previous movies. Um, we know that the Matrix is a never-ending, self-repeating, self-recycling process. We know from the architect and the oracle oh God. and all that Jesus fun Christ. exposition that Neo is not the first one. He's one of seven. Uh, Neo is not the first one. He is not the first person to break the matrix and break people's minds free of this construct. Uh, and he won't be the last. I'm pretty sure that Neo, as we see him in this movie, is... A program 
a remnant, a memory of the Neo that we saw in the previous movies. Well, you didn't see the machines putting him back into the machines? I think those are all memories. I think these are all... We're, we're going so Inception. Is it, so is this the 8th? This, this is dream within dream within oh, dream. God, we're going Inception down the fucking rabbit hole with this. They're going to be Okay, Alice layers. in Wonderland. They, they're going to be several layers of, of depth that they're going down. This isn't just a a real outside world where all the humans are partying in Zion and robot or the machines have humans in pods that are programming their electrical reality uh, and the innards of that reality being a computer program where if you're in the matrix and your mind is feeding energy to the program, you're also feeding energy to the, the robots who are feeding off the energy of your body like a light bulb. Or a battery? I think this is going several layers deeper than Oh, that. so you're talking about the other layer that people think that Zion wasn't real? Something like that. Okay. This is... Because one of the Wachowskis is back yeah. to direct... One of the Wachowski sisters is back. And I've always held that the Matrix movies are such a clear trans... Allegory? Allegory. Oh, yeah. Such a clear, like, breaking free of the restrictions... The limitations that society has put on you. The blinders that society has put on you. Breaking those free and realizing your true potential as a person. I think this is going to be... Even once you've broken past those limitations. Even once you have... uh, I'm going to use myself as a personal example. Once you have uh, busted past the initial layer of uh, society-built... And, and taught racism, sexism, classism, homophobia, xenophobia. Once you have broken past those layers and realized how fucking stupid those things are, that they're all constructs, the work is not done. Yeah. That once you have acknowledged racism is stupid, sexism, all these things are constructs, the work doesn't stop there. That there is still more unprogramming to be done. I think that's what a lot of this is going to be. I think we should this... save it for the Matrix review. This. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure I'm going to have even more to say about the Matrix review. We should talk about the, the Matrix Resurrection trailer. I know. And I love this trailer. I don't know any of the characters' names. I don't want to call young Morpheus young Morpheus. No, but that's I'm what he sure is. he's not young. No, that, that's what he is. He is young Morpheus. Is there going to he be... He is a new program. He's new program. He's he's a younger program. Or a, is it Morpheus in the real world creating a younger avatar for the Matrix? No, I think as from what I can. And do we think Trinity is uh, real because she died? Did in, she? I'm pretty sure she died. But nobody really dies in science fiction. That's fair. Um, so, and did you remember the two pods that they had next yes. to each other? I feel yes. like that's Trinity and Neo. That's possible. Uh-oh. We'll see. Um, I'm a little bit sad that Hugo Weaving isn't coming back for this, but I love that uh, fucking... Lawrence Fishburne's not in it either. That's sad, too. Um, and I, I'm very excited for this. So, I'm cautiously optimistic. If COVID isn't as much of a thing as it has been... Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max. Then I'm probably going to, yeah. So, when... It, so while this is all going on, uh, 
They also show, which I like this scene a lot, is when they show him in the elevator and it's looking down. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's on their phone. Yeah. And he's not. And I'm like, it's weirdly relevant. I, I love that this is no longer in the 90s, that they have set this in modern day. This is a new iteration of the Matrix. Well, I mean, that's what... Reflecting that, our modern that's day. What, that's what the original Matrix was. It was set in 1999. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they go back to the noodle bar that he really likes in the first one. Yeah. When he's like, oh, you used to eat at that place all the time. They got really good noodles. Yeah. They go back to that bar. They also go to a coffee shop. And when Trinity and <coughs> and Neil meet for the quote unquote first time, yeah, you see them kind of react to each other, yeah. Um, Do I know you, kind of thing, yeah. So, what about the song when they talk about the Alice in Wonderland song? Oh, uh, was that too on the nose? White Rabbit. Was that too on the nose? Is the, it's a classic. It's a classic piece, and I I thought it was great. I thought it fit perfectly. But was it too on the nose? I don't think so. Okay. I think it fit perfectly. Alright. Um, what about... Uh, do you think Neil, Patrick's, Neil Patrick Harris's character is a... I think he's a program. From... Like, is he a new program? I have no idea. Okay. We will find the fuck out. <laughs> what about... Um, with the, so the little girl at the end with the oracle? Yeah. You know the girl that he, when he walks into the yeah. restaurant and she has the glasses? Yeah. Do you think that's an older version of her? Because that's what I think. Possibly. You don't know. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then apparently they're in a theater where they're showing Neo break out from the Matrix. Yeah. So you don't know what's real and what's not. All I can say is... Let us know what you thought about this trailer. How excited are you for it? Uh, Cinemadems15 at gmail.com. And you can tweet at us at Cinemadems underscore pod. Let us know. We want your comments, concerns, criticisms, recipes, all that fun stuff. Alright, now uh, before we go, we do have an in memoriam for a special actor. um, uh, I mostly knew him from Saturday Night Live. Norm MacDonald? Yeah. Uh, yes, he was also in. Uh, he was also in, uh, Dirty Work. I've never seen that. That is an interesting movie. Okay. Uh, Define interesting. Uh, he basically you pay him and he beats the hell out of people. He does the that dirty. Sounds fun. He does the dirty work for you. Okay. Um, and also he was in Billy Madison. Okay. He was one of his cohorts. Yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. Um, he was hilarious on SNL. Let's yes. Just, that's just, oh, in, in Celebrity Jeopardy, in The Weekend, uh, was the the weekend, weekend Update. update. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how he would just play himself. He fought cancer for so long. Yeah, and was very low profile about it. And I'm glad that he's now at, at peace. Me too. And at rest. Me too. Because of all the stuff he had to go through for, for cancer. Yeah. And it just... You need to watch Dirty Work because the appeal of the amount of shit he doesn't fucking care about in that movie yeah. just adds up tremendously to what life is, and it's hilarious. That's what makes that movie, to me, a thousand times better. So, all in all, we add another candle to the vastly growing shelves of In Memoriam yeah. uh, actors. Um, and we really are upset that Norm McDonald was taken for us so quickly 
and that he will be missed and also the hilarity of his comedy antics won't be as sharp from other people. You, you ever feel, and I'm sorry everyone, this is going to get sad for a minute and just a little bit existential, I guess, but you ever feel simultaneously worn out by all the constant death and mourning that we have to do, but also fully aware that it's not going to suddenly stop anytime nope. soon? I don't, I, like, I don't, that's not any, surprising. Anytime someone passes away, it's, I, I'm always trying to find that middle ground between not being completely numb to it, because that's not good. Shutting your emotions out like that is not healthy at all. But also, trying not to let every single one hit you like a train. Yep. Because that's how you get real worn out yep. real quick. At least I think. No. Uh, so yeah, so we remember Norm MacDonald and we remember everyone that passes away. Um, I gotta say guys, just take care of yourselves. <laughs> yeah, take some time for yourself. Take some time for self-healing. Take some time for you time. Look, we're not your employers. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and say, like, if you're ever burnt out emotionally, please talk to your employers and tell them, hey, I'm not feeling it. I am emotionally burnt the hell out. Take a person. And if day. they don't want to take that as an acceptable answer, maybe they're not a good employer. If a significant other doesn't or a family member can't take, hey, I am emotionally burned out. My social battery is at zero. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go sleep, recover, do what I got to do to recover. If their immediate answer isn't, yeah, do what you got to do to recover. See in a little bit when you're ready. Maybe reevaluate that relationship. Take care of yourself. You can't yep. pour from an empty cup. Um, we love all y'all. Thank you so much for always listening to us. We love our Swapper Jacks friends and family. Hang in there, guys. We, we already miss the people who had to permanently leave for the hurricane. And we know it's not goodbye forever. And we're happy for you guys for doing what you got to do to take care of yourselves. It's goodbye for now. <laughs> and also, happy late Star Trek Day. When was Star Trek Day? Wasn't it September? You mean First Contact? No, that's in March. The original release date was September Aww. 8th or Oh, 9th? nice. Nice. Of 1966? Nice. So that's like. I gotta make Gladys 50, watch Galaxy Quest soon. 56 years? Holy shit! I, w I wanna watch Galaxy or 55, Quest. 55 years. Damn. 55th anniversary. All we gotta say, guys, is wipe your hooves and see you later, but also do Black wanna, Lives. Do we wanna thank Marty there again, observing oh, and all those fun things? Yeah, of course. Uh, thank As you, Kevin George, uh, for the music, and thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Zebra, for allowing us to use your website. Uh, thank you for letting us to be on there. Thank you for putting up with us. Um, and also, guys, just always remember that you're somebody's ear to talk to. Hmm. Don't ever let that go unnoticed. You can always find us on lowrainpictures.com yes. under the Cinema Gems tab. And you can find us on iTunes as well, I believe. Yeah. And uh, uh, If you Instagram. don't already... Please go follow uh, Cinema Gems underscore Pod on Twitter, and please go follow Cinema Gems Pod for Instagram. Um, guys, 
we're gonna make it through this. Yeah. As you can see, we're beaten, we're worn down. Can I'm still you, doing the show. Can I tell you what's been getting me through this big time? What's gotten me through? Is it this? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? That helped a little oh, bit. Okay. Not gonna lie, um, that was pretty cathartic. Uh, what's been helping me, and, and what I've been reminding myself of for the last few weeks, uh, and bear with me, this is a metaphor. Oh, I never intend. Here you go with your metaphors. I never intend on actually eating an endangered species, but how do you eat an elephant? One small bite at a time. Oh my god! One small bite at a time, y'all. Whether do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about how we, what we talked about yesterday after this, on the show? I think we got to wrap up the show. We got a couple minutes. We okay. got a couple minutes. Okay. So one bite at a time. Work, life. Sure. One bite at a time. All right. So, uh, as was um, evacuated for the hurricane, I decided to go back and rewatch. Some Avengers movies. Sure. <coughs> and as I'm watching Avengers movies, I'm like, oh, yay, Captain America finally got to say Avengers Assemble mm-hmm. with the with Mjolnir. Oh. <laughs> and I love your... your... I, call, I called the Admiral yesterday, and I didn't know until just yesterday that his ringtone for everyone is ba 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 and he goes Tesla got so excited and so now I'm just imagining Tesla as Captain America <laughs> fucking summoning the uh the jackalope antler to his mouth Avengers Assemble So that's a setup for this. So my thing was, was I proposed to you this. I really glad that he said the line I hate that he whispered assemble. Okay, but but think about it, and I promise we're almost done, everyone. Think about it. The the stupid movie logic that has always annoyed me of every character in every sci-fi or action movie always has a tiny microscopic invisible earpiece and a tiny microscopic invisible high-quality microphone somewhere on their person so they can hear everyone, no matter how far away they are, Despite buildings and obstacles in their way, you know, things that are usually bad for and also radio not, signal. Not having the right frequency because you just came back from the dead. Right. Um, everyone can always hear each other perfectly somehow. I hate that movie logic. I understand that it helps make things convenient for character communication. Uh, and it makes it so that characters always aren't having to shout over everything. I get that that's bad sound design, uh, but it's just one of those movie logic things that has always bugged me. Okay. As long as that you understand has, that. Uh, that. Everyone has invisible earpieces that are microscopic but fit nicely into their ear, and everyone has invisible... Like Raycons? Like, uh, we're not a sponsor. <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> Sorry. Not I a had fucking to do, sponsor. I had to do it to mess with you. Guys, relax. We're not a Raycon sponsored show. Do it to mess with relax. Me. Sorry. I I am so burned down on that shit from YouTube. Guys, <laughs> we love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Wipe your hooves. See you later. Also, Black Lives always, always. matter, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>